Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Palmer Bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and find up to half price off Blackmores and Swiss Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday, the 8th of September at 6am. Appreciate you tuning in. Big show here before then. Going to hear from the team up there in Tamaki, Makoto, Kempe, Louie. You got Joe, you got Neeps and Aroha doing a great job. Giving us all the updates for the news. But lads, morena. Morenas, how you going, brother? Good. Good, Kempe. Yep. I'm back. It was a great day yesterday. How'd the golf go? a great day. Got Did I get that 50 good. bucks or not? Yeah, you got the 50 bucks. And I won another 50 bucks. We went well, me and my partner JP. We took on um, Eric and Lou. Uh, Lou Vicelli, who is um, Richie Moonga and Owen Franks' father-in-law. And uh, had a successful day. Had a successful day getting the job, job done. And uh, a lovely lady, Pam, actually got a hole-in-one. So she... Uh, had a shout at the bar and uh, it was a good night. It was a good afternoon and good night, lads. Got the golf. The golf was, mate, beautiful day. No wind. Just stunning. Mm. It was so warm here. Um, and uh, golf was okay. 79. I'll take that. A little 79. I'll happy with that at Clearwater. It's pretty difficult there. It's a tough old course. But um, that was a good day. Kempe, how was your day? Busy yesterday, man. It was real, you know, because um, we, we did two hours on running it straight with extended it by an hour yeah. leading through the finals. Uh, talked to Ray Warren on yesterday's show, so it was good to have a chat nice. to Rabs. He's uh, obviously retired. How Rabs find that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was a long day, mate. I was sort of, I was done. I was done by sort of seven o'clock last night. I was out, out, you know, I've had a busy week and looking forward to the weekend I am because uh, I've got a weekend off this weekend. There's no footy to call and uh, looking mm. forward to the weekend coming up but just watching some racing, watching the fi- mate, the finals. I know we haven't spoken much about it this week, about the N- uh, NRL finals, but you couldn't have wished for a better week of NRL finals mm. in the top eight. Like, 
Sydney City playing the Roosters, the local derby. Penrith playing the Eels out west in the first night. The Cowboys versus the Sharks, the two unknown. You know, like the the NRL could have scripted this week better. So yeah, um, mate. kicks off tomorrow night. It's going to be that's going to be the I think the game, the top game of the weekend is the Parramatta, um, whether or not they can get the. The Penrith Panthers, who had a week off, and Nathan Cleary coming back after five weeks, where these are run short. So, no. How, how do you think he's going to go, Kimpy? Cleary coming back into the fold. The, the Panthers just go to another level. You know, finals footy, he's back. He won't miss a beat, really, will he? He would have been chipping away in the behind the scenes. I was just saying yesterday, they'll send all the traffic his way. Brad Arthur will send yep. all the traffic his way. You'll, you'll watch him if you're watching the game. He'll be getting up off the ground a lot. Mm. Every kick he makes, they'll put him on the ground. You know, they'll just try and take take that uh, extra bit of petrol out of his tank because he hasn't played for five weeks. And the uh, interesting statistics out of the seven finals that they've played in, uh, there's never been more than four points that separated them. So everyone's expecting a close one. And if they are close, Parramatta, mate, I reckon they're a dead set chance because. Cleary's been out for five weeks, and and uh, they might might just be out of rhythm a little bit. So to that again, mm. the team to beat, hundred percent. The Panthers. Mark's come through already, mate. He said, "Morning, boys. I'd just like to thank Kimpy for tipping the Roosters to beat my bunnies this weekend. Gee, I slept so well last night. Thanks, Kimpy. <laughs> that is from Mark for tipping out the Roosters to beat his bunnies. That's probably the game of the of the round. I'm, I, I said, well, hopefully no Cowboys fans, but I've tipped the Cowboys." I reckon they're this little dark horse, eh? You know, Parramatta Eels going in there for a lot of fawn Cowboys. I reckon they'll be pretty hard to beat. Uh, but talk big show, lads. Big show, we're going to talk some NFL because NFL season starts tomorrow with the defending champs, the Rams, taking on the Buffalo Bills. My Panthers take on the Browns. Aaron Schatz, NFL analyst, will join the show to preview round one coming up this weekend. And... Uh, all you NFL fans will be loving it. Love it. Who's your team? Who's your team, Kempi? Oh, the Packers, mate. I've always liked the Green Bay Packers. Ooh. When I when I was in Newcastle, they did a uh, our coach at the time, Alan McMahon. He was a mad NFL follower, and he used to mm. roll out those old VHS. <laughs> like back in those days, we didn't have you know little hard drive discs that you just you know stream through to the TV. It was a big old VHS. You plug that in and push it down yep. and, and then it'll sort of be a bit scratchy. But he used to play a lot of NFL uh, motivational tapes before games for us. I thought I used to love him, mate. You know how they, the voice and and the slow-mos and all that sort of stuff. And the Packers used to feature, uh, feature heavily in it. So my introduction to the NFL um, and Brett Favre and, and and those days was around the Chicago Bulls and the, and the Green Bay Packers and in, in that era. So I know it's been a big change since then, but yeah, the Packers, mate, are still probably the soft the soft spot for me. Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, can he find something to get them back to the promised land? We'll soon find out. Anyway, Aaron Chat's going to have a chat to us after 7 o'clock and then following that, Winter Games is in full swing and it's James Wood's turn to show his goods when he competes in the big air in the Park Jam this weekend. We'll chat to him. Obviously, a little bit of a snow dump as of late, so the mountains will be frothing, and all the frothers will be up there uh, tuning those slopes. So James Woods, have a chat to him. And then after eight, introducing a new part to our show, where we chat to athletes about what they do in the arena, but also the big impact they are having outside of the sporting arena. And today we're going to chat to Marcus Daniel, Tokyo bronze medalist, 
He'll join the show to chat about his journey. He's doing some great things off the tennis court and uh, his high-impact athlete um, HIA kind of initiative that he is fronting at the moment. He's going to come on and just share a bit more about that. So looking forward to having a chat. And we spoke to him last year. He's a good bloke. He's a good man. He's obviously won the bronze medalist with uh, Michael Venus. So appreciate his time. And then to finish the show, there's lots of sport happening, and we like to have a little dab. We'll get a wee update on the NPC standings too, Kempi. You can just deflate me even more. Um, obviously a big game last night. I know your your question of the day is going to allude to that absolute howler. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it there, Louis. The, the Tervo's call on that try in the corner. Oof. He's, uh, oh, we're all human though. We make mistakes. He's obviously missed the, the hand out in the touchline. But no, big game last night and Wellington getting the job done over Tasman. Unbelievable. That's all I can say. I'm, I'm actually going to let Louis lead into that because it's, uh, he's got the question of the day around it. And so, mate, I've seen a few though, Izzy, I will say that. I've seen a few th- in my time. But uh, mm. yeah, last night's one was terrible. Yeah, that was crazy. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. You, you, that's why you're alluding to that question, aren't you, Louis? Yeah, yeah. Do you want it now? No, 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 no. But you can talk if you want. Oh, right. Sorry. Sorry, mate. I um, wasn't sure where you were going there. Um, yeah, that is a, it was a dead set howler, and that is my question of the day. Um, oh, we might as well mm. just get into it. it let's, let's just do it then. I mean, it's, it is the headline. Can't wait question of the day. It's the worst I've seen in a long time. It is a dead set howler. Garden Bashup mm. just on the and he's it's not even a good effort to get it down because he's put his arm out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he's laughing his head off as I've given it like oh man I absolutely bulls that up it was a pretty good covering tackle it should be going on the highlights of the defender I'm not sure who the cover defender was but it should be going in there it, it was Sevu it should be yeah. in Sevu's mixtape as one of the great cover <laughs> tackles <laughs> and instead the TMO's dead set looked at it. The ball's a foot off the ground, and his arm is fully planted on the floor, about a metre over the sideline. So the can question of the day is, what are some of the all-time howlers? And I, it has to be blatant. I don't want quibbling about, you know, 50-50. <laughs> this is, it's a soapbox, but we're not going to sit here and let you quibble about a 50-50 call in the 1984 <laughs> Ranfurly Shield Challenge between... Hotafino a carpety in Auckland, right? We want the all-time howlers, like the most blatant oh, refereeing man. blunders you've ever seen because this goes straight into, I don't know what the pantheon of them is, but we'll compile it. Oh, it's <laughs> top of the pile. It is the top. Because it happened last night, it goes straight to number one. You're right. Because it <laughs> is recency so bias. blatant. Like if you get to watch it, forget about watching – the, the put down and all that. Watch the touchy. Mm. Watch the touchy when they give the the TMO decision. Look at Garden Bishop's face, Kimpy. <laughs> Look He's at, doing a poo Can you see this? <laughs> he is just cracking yeah. up. Like. Unbelievable. They just, everyone saw it on the replay. Everyone's watching the replay and everyone's going, well, it's no try. And then he go, goes and gives it a try. I don't, I don't know what conversation that would be like, the, what the conversation well, would be like with the referees today. Oh, he won't. He'll, yeah, that'd be a tough. I don't know his name, what his name was, but that's okay. But Kane was sitting next to him, and he said he is just 
beside himself. He can't believe he's missed it. He just didn't even look at the hand. He's looking at the ball, the, obviously the ball going down to the ground and, and getting the uh, the finish in the end. It was a great finish, but his hand was obviously bracing. His, uh, <laughs> great great the finish so if the sideline was a yeah, metre to the yeah. left. <laughs> and, it, and then like uh, Taylor Taylor Johnson's standing there, she's like, hey Kane, is, is this one of those Northern Hemisphere ones where maybe the out... You know, she's just trying to explain it and, and maybe trying to cover the touch... Uh, the, the TMO, is this one of those ones when the outline is, is not out or something like that? I was like, huh? Ah? No, if you put your hand out, you're out. So <laughs> the TMO is like, yeah. Do you know, yeah. it's like, is it live? Uh, like, uh, does it, does it, yeah, it's like when you touch an electric fence, isn't it? Is it live? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's live, all right. You touch it, you're gone. I, I heard a bit of that, Izzy, and it's, look, I tell you what, it's, personally, watching commentary or watching, like, there's nothing worse than commentators trying to make up excuses for the officials. Just call it what it is. It's a howler. You just need to yeah. be honest. Like, it, the peop, you can't treat the viewers at home like they're idiots. It was a howler. 0800 150 811. What are the biggest, you know, obviously the hand of God. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the and, forward pass. Yeah, the the well, Barnsey. That's right, Barnsey's forward pass. The the worst ones are the ones that we'll remember. Are always the ones in the biggest moments. <laughs> and Izzy, you've yeah. got you were you were uh, well front row seats to one of the biggest ones over the last decade. Oh, what was that? We you you missed out on a little bonus, I believe. Oh, yes, mate. Oh, that was a howler. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yep. The forward pass uh, when we were playing the British and Irish Lions, I remember it. It kicks off, and then Rito goes up to contest. I can't remember the British and Irish Lions player, but he catches the ball, goes off his chest, and then the guy in front, front of him catches it. Offside, automatic penalty. We win the game. Straight in front. I don't know. Uh, Ramon Poit, I think his name there was the was the ref at the time, and he just absolutely Ella went into his shell and just uh, played the knock on and played the knock on, and then accidental offside, no penalty, and we would have won the game. Yeah, that is one that cost me. Louis. <laughs> that one cost I just me. Big time Rito. I'll never forget that. Rito. No, oh. R- R- Roman. Roman. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, 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 Roman. No, you, no, no, because he was in front of him. It's a, and he's like, no, no. Uh, and then the, and I think the he's, worst thing, he's come out and said sorry. Yeah, that's after right. After that, yeah. There's no way you can come out and say sorry <laughs> after that. At the time, make the decision, man. That's why you're a ref. And those big moments make the decision. But yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a nice one. Kemper, you would have had a few. Uh, yeah, I've had a. F- I've, the worst one I've ever seen is a is a Brisbane game where the guy kicks it out from underneath his post, so he's got a repeat set, and he drop kicks it out, mm. and it goes past the winger and is out, and the winger runs out about five metres, and it bounces out, so it's still in the air, and whacks it in. So he's actually running. He's five metres from the sideline. He whacks it in, and the touchy's standing right there, and he lets him play on. And everyone, everyone, when you're watching it, are going, no, no, mate, he's out. He's like five He's actually five metres out. That's probably the worst one I've seen on TV. But the worst one I've been involved with was we played uh, Manly at Carlo Park. And Manly were the home team, so they brought their home team over here in Newcastle and it was packed. It was a packed house. You know, all the Kiwi boys are playing. And they've got us by four points with 90 seconds to go. And we've gone down into their quarter, and people might still remember it. And it's come out to the left and it's ended up in my hands and I've thrown it to Ashley Gordon, it's three metres forward and the referee's missed it. 
and given us to try and we've beaten them by two points on Carlow Park, mate. And every time I watch that replay, I go, "What? The touchy's standing right there, just like last night." Is it on? Is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube. It? The touchy's standing there, right there. He doesn't call it. The referee's right there. It's just mayhem, and I've thrown it three meters forward. And they've gone play on. So, <laughs> and I think when I threw it, I too I knew it. I looked at the referee, and he just let it go. And I'm just going like this. Yes, first in the that. year. Well, well I can done. Imagine you kept the Chahu in a way, but with the, in this day and age, with the technology that's involved, you think you just you get it right. You can take your time. You can check everything. Like the touch, you think he's looking at the touchline, isn't he? He's obviously looking at the touchline. But his arm was. No, you just, I don't know, you can't miss that. That's so obvious. There's no excuse, really, in the... Oh, there's a couple of messages coming through. Uh, Andy Haynell, line out. Can't remember, was it Wales? Yes, that was Wales, definitely. 95 World Cup versus tra- uh, Japan. Try in the corner, Osborne, I think, had full body <laughs> over the side. He did too. <laughs> <laughs> the hand of God. The hand of God. And Barnsley's forward pass. There is plenty. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. Oh, man. Howlers. There was a howler. There was a howler against the Hurricanes one year when we when we lost to them in uh, 2017. And uh, I went up for the ball and Julian Savier knocks it on and he scores a try. They don't go up to TMO and I'm like, absolute howler. Absolute howler. Brendan Prickerel sprayed him for that and I apologise. Actually, this year I seen him at the airport and apologised to him. But um, yeah, that was probably that, the biggest howler. <laughs> yeah, mate, sprayed him. He was touched. I said, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. I, I, I wasn't proud of that. And um, Razor comes in and goes, what were you saying, mate? Like, honestly, you, you're about to go to, like, judiciary and everything. I was like, yeah. You know, Razor, when, when you're just really in the heat of the moment, you say some things you really regret. That's what I said. Everything came out and I just sprayed it. But I apologised about a month and a half ago at the airport and he just said, nah, sweet ass, heat of the moment. And, uh, yeah, I'm not proud. But I lost it. He should have went upstairs. I was a knock. But on. it was a howler. <laughs> but it was a howler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud, but it was an howler. <laughs> it was uh, a howler. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, there's so many. 0800 Someone give us a call. Uh, worst howlers of all time in honour of Garden Bashup having his full forearm plant. <laughs> A metre out of the touchline. The ball's been slammed down and then we're getting told it's a Northern Hemisphere rule. I don't know. Uh, it's <laughs> just <laughs> incredible stuff. 21 minutes past six. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, 26 minutes past six o'clock this morning. What are your biggest howlers of all time? 0800 150 811. The can't wait question of the day comes after last night's Wellington Lions-Tasman-Markle game which produced one of the all-time shocking missed calls by the TMO. Garden Bashup scores in the left corner, has his forearm planted about a metre over the sideline, gets the ball down, and he's laughing as they've gone upstairs and given it. Uh, so what are yours? Izzy, you've just seen Kempe's four-metre four pass in the left <laughs> left corner at Carlaw Park in 92. Oh, man, it's one of the great... That's... That's the that's the NRL you remember, eh? The young kid growing up and watching. I remember watching the Brisbane Broncos. Such good that that commentary. Oh, it just brings back uh, some good memories, mate. Ford Pass. You might as well have played NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I would <laughs> never ever have li- lived that down, mate. I would never. He lived was that wide down. open as well. 
I was honestly, <laughs> and I could I could have scored it myself. I just you know was like, man, we're going to win it. <laughs> just three. Mm. It's the horriblest one of the horriblest passes I've ever thrown. Like you know, it was just a catch and pass, and I, seriously, I knew it as soon as I threw it. I knew it was forward, and the referee didn't call it. And I was like, "Yes." Did, did thank they used you. to call mini forward passes? Oh, all the time. Oh, right. So they yeah, were, yeah. it's not all like they the just time. weren't calling them. No, they were. It's. I just think, um, and I think it was Billy Harrigan was a referee oh. in that game because it was the big game, big yeah. game of the round, and. I just think it was caught up in the hype of New Zealand, like Carlo Park was packed to the rafters, mm. and the whole the play was all hype, you know. So um, just, yeah, I'm happy with it. <laughs> just on that pass, Kimpy. Just on that pass. What what were you trying? Were you trying to do a spiral pass? Were you trying to do a floater? Were you doing a? It, it was like a mixture of both. I don't know what it was. It was like a UFO. Seriously, I was trying to spiral it out there because he was Ash. Ash was quite fast, you know what I mean. So you had to get yeah. it to him quite quick because when he yeah. went, you know, he's a um, Aboriginal winger that was really quick. So I knew that he was coming. So by the time I, I just didn't have my hands on it properly, and I went to throw yeah. it with a spiral, and it just was a wobbly rank. It was a wobbly fish cake, mate. <laughs> 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 he was lucky to catch it. Was that far forward? <laughs> oh, one of the greats. It's in the box, though, Kempi. It's, it's in, in the box. The box, eh? It's There's a few the there. Uh, coming now through. Now I know why Lowy didn't pick me for the Kiwis. <laughs> He, yeah, he looked like he was just about to smash something. Just they just cut away from him as his hand was going down. I think he was spewing. Um, well, a couple of legends. He he was there, and Mark Graham used to be his assistant oh, for the Seagulls. So Mark Graham sitting next to him, and of course the Manly had all the Kiwi boys. The Edel brothers, Kev, me and Kev were marking each other. Tony Edel's on the other wing. Daryl Williams is at fullback. You know, so and Adrian Shelford's in the front row. Yeah. It was that everyone loved Manly because of all the Kiwi boys you see, but. We had our own Kiwis. Johnny Schuster was in the on the other centre, and Sammy Stewart was off the bench. So, um, yeah, what we a, had just as much support. What a great initiative, and in, in like even all the way back then, bringing that game to Carlaw Park. And you hope hope that we get some more games around New Zealand now. It's opened up, and the NRL can come and reinvest again in our regions. If it's not Auckland elsewhere, um, there's a couple where Pete has come through with it, and this is iconic for all the wrong reasons. Danny Morrison's LBW refusal. Dirty, cheating, Aussie. We're talking <laughs> MCG, right? Uh, Dick French, I think it was the umpire. Absolutely plum. Absolutely plum. Not out um, right at the death there. Morena, guys, how about the Martin Sneddon disallowed catch in the infamous underarm game, Barry? So, again, going back to yesterday's theme, if the Aussies that's are why. involved. That's why, hey, Louis. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why. They always pop up when. The word hate comes up. There's a lot of baggage there. 29 away from <laughs> 7 this morning. 0800 Someone give me a call on the Ken Artsar phone line. I want to hear from you about... Like, let's not pretend like you don't have a, these written down in a little notepad you keep under your pillow. We know that you've got baggage. Just come and share it. The worst howlers of all time. I don't know if this is... I said we weren't allowed to quibble, but Craig Jabeer's Richie McCaw call in 2014 was one that haunted me for a, for a long time. <sighs> don't. Just, yeah, we shouldn't go don't. there. Don't. 20, don't. 20. I, I sat under those crossbars watching that thing float over, and it made it by about a centimetre. Oh, brings back nightmares. Bernard Foley. Ah. 29 away from seven. Back after the Health News for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Mm-hmm.
SENZ, great to see you coming through on the Kennard's Higher Phone Line. Get you in just a second. Bunning Trade, helping business is our trade. We're here to make the job easier because helping business is the job Bunnings do. Now, uh, around the world, there's plenty going on. Rublev and TFO locked together in their match at the US Open. It is three games apiece. They are holding serve. Right now in their quarterfinal later on, it's Jan Sinner and Alcaraz Garcia playing each other. Um, the women's singles, we've had Sabalenka progress to the semi-finals in her match against Pluskifer, Schwatek and Pagula. That'll be a ripping contest from about 11am this morning. Yesterday it was Nick Kyrgios getting removed in a five-set ding-dong battle with Karen Kashinov. It went till about 5.35 in the uh, evening. It was awesome and Nick he smashed a few rackets a couple of rackets after the game he gave one a hiding he he absolutely (laughs) belted a couple up and then he said I feel like I've let so many people down I'm devastated it's just devastating it's heartbreaking not just for me but for everyone I know that wants me to win but it's all credit to Karen he's a fighter he's a warrior And that game, it ebbed and flowed. It started slowly. It was quite incredible. Anton Leonard Brown is not far back away from being back to play for uh, Waikato. So uh, Brent from Hamilton and Brett from Huntley, they'll be absolutely stoked about that. So we'll be watching Anton Leonard Brown's progress over the next few weeks. And yes, Wellington beat Tasman last night with one of the most horrifically blatant, and Izzy, you don't mind it, Cool, missed calls in recent times. I don't mind it. I don't mind it because I need some help, and obviously Kippy's got Tasman. I've got Wellington. You so dialed into the one... referee, are you? You I'm... weren't the TMO. <laughs> you <laughs> and Brendan Pickerel conspiring at the airport. He must have been the referee from that Hawks Bay game. I remember that game. I was playing in that game, Gaza, when you've come through and and said Suna. Suna Tamalolo, I don't know if you remember Canterbury Hawks Bay. They had all the All Blacks, Dan Carter, Brad Thorne. They all come to McLean Park. We're down by seven. We had Matt Burkwist. He would have kicked it from the sideline. Suna Tamalolo <laughs> scores a try in the corner. The TMO, the touchy, we didn't have no TMOs back then. They, they took it away. Touchy, flag up. Anyway, replay, slow it down. In by Miles. Worst thing about that, that touchy is from New- Hawks Bay. I don't like this because he got ridiculed. His house got egged. He got oh. everything. He was crazy. That's how passionate Hawks Bay were. But he was in by miles, and it cost us a chance to draw with the big dogs, man. Right. I remember that. That, that is, yeah. That, well, Gary hasn't let that one go either, so you take solace <laughs> in that, uh, Izzy. Actually, good point on Wellington. We'll have to update. I did a calculation on your NPC standings yesterday, and you were actually you're actually chewing Kempi down from the last time we checked in, so now even more so. So you can just hear the footsteps coming. Uh, Richie, we'll go to the Carpety Coast and catch up with you. You've got a ripper. Morning, Mads. How are we today? Morning. Good, Richie. Hey, lads. I think the most recent one is uh, it cost us a gold medal, Hayden Wild at the Commonwealth Games. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. The yeah. Helmet Gate. Yeah. Helmet yeah. Gate. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Click Gate. <laughs> oh, I don't know how many times I've watched that replay. <laughs> Has it been sorted out, Richie? When's it going to be sorted out? Oh, mate, I think they're, I think they're going to get the uh, bunker to look at it. Then uh, the video referee from last night. Um, and then I might have to get the Prime Minister involved. 
What the, the, oh. the, the oh, he's got no chance. The new one, the British <laughs> Prime Minister. That, that's that was the other thing. Remember, we spoke to him as he thanks Richie. Uh, we spoke to him as he and he said, "Oh, what makes it worse is that it was an English referee or umpire." Oh no, I know, mate. And he's probably been celebrated and been knighted. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hate him well, but he got one. He got one over them the other day. Good to see him back in the winner's circle over his. Uh, his battle with that um, fellow runner, yeah, but yeah, mate, one of they're the flo- worst. They're Off flooding the... back, boys. But... As you're talking, they're flooding back. Here's another one. 89. 89, we're in a series draw with the Great Britain side <laughs> up in England. And it's, oh, what is it, 10-8 with about 10 minutes to go. We put a bomb up, comes off the Great Britain fullback, bounces into Gary Mercer's hands, he scores in the corner, and the referee says, nope, knock on. And we went, yeah, but we scored. Anyway, <laughs> very next year, referee is the director of football for the Great Britain side. <laughs> Excuse oh. me? True story. <laughs> True story. How's that kosher? Um, well, what, what happened is Steve Hansen gets sent off in the second test. They beat us with 12 men. We won the first one. Steve Hansen gets – and as he's walking off the referee, he's copping it yeah, from, right. the, from the English – and they must have got to him during the week. There was no, we had no chance of winning. Mm. Anyway, that's my Bloody that's my thoughts. Twenty one away from oh. seven. Ed, what do you have, mate? And you'll have some conspiracy theories about. Let me guess, uh, <laughs> East Coast or I don't know. No, no um, this is the uh, nineteen ninety five Grand Final Gisborne Rugby League, and so I'm <laughs> playing for the Uawa Nasties versus the Kaiti Devils, and so. Um, our supporter, he was a New Zealand Maori representative. He kicked the ball through and uh, the fullback fumbles it. And he runs through and get, regathers it. And I'm on his inside. And uh, I'm calling for the ball. Well, he throws it to uh, Jason Kurangi. That's a good old East Coast name. And he runs away under the post for the try. Well, the referee, Rico and Jose's dad, he calls a forward pass. <laughs> and uh, I'm going, that's Ricky, Ricky. He's an old Kai T player. Oh, mate. We lost the grand final. <laughs> Did you just get it? To... Oh, that's a good story, man. You're a good storyteller, Ed, mate. Oh, love it when you call. Bring good energy. Uh... Oh, Rico and, and Jose's dad, eh? He would have got a sprain, too. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many Could go on and on Let's do it Keep coming through What are the great shockers Of your lifetime uh, Around the world Give us a new sport A sport that we haven't heard from We've had some cricket We've had some football Rugby League What else uh, Triathlon Give us something A little bit different If you've got a creative one An absolute shocker You can recall from her Throughout the years In honour of Garden Bishop Scoring a try About a metre over the sideline Last night and it instantly blew up as these things do. And see, Kempi, I'll st- I'll borrow one of your lines. Back in your day, things didn't necessarily blow up because they just moved on, unless the paper picked it up and there was a direct photo. Oh, I'll tell you what, this one, G- Gary Jack in '85, when when the the series is in the balance and he makes that break and throws that forward pass to John Rebo and they get the Kiwis ten eight in the second test. We win the third one eighteen nil. Mm. You know what I mean? But it's all about that pass from Gary Jack to John Rebo that the. The referee didn't call. And nowadays, that would go boom everywhere oh. on social media. And there would be vilification. There would be kind of, uh, you know, accountability wanted. So that's what's happened last night. 
and I hope that, to be honest, I really I will say this again, and we'll say this just so you do know, we hope that the touchies and all the TMOs not feeling too stink this morning. That's not the purpose of this. We just want to have a bit of light-hearted fun, talk about a howler, uh, some of the grey howlers, because he is human, as you said, early doors, Izzy, and we've seen them happen, and we'll see more happen. It doesn't matter how much technology is in sport, we'll continue to get them. So what are your nominations? Foxy not making the President Cups team, fuming for him, says Adam, yeah. Was there a bit of chat about that on the golf course yesterday, is he? Uh, no, but I've, I was reading his comments. Uh, he had a chat yesterday, and uh, yeah, he's he obviously knew for a while from Trevor Im- Im- Immelman. He called him up and said he wasn't available. But it just doesn't make sense. You've got players that are ranked 67th Crazy. in the world behind him, and Foxy, yeah. But he it was, it was, it was up against it when he's not a, a part of the PGA, so... Would have been great to see him in there. He's flying at the moment. Highest ranked international, uh, highest ranked player to not be in the team though. Uh, seems crazy. Yeah. Seems crazy. <laughs> Eighteen away from seven. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We're going to continue this going on throughout the morning. But for you now, a chance for a fifty dollars TAB bonus bet, and you can actually go and have a bet on a couple of different markets today. I'll point a couple out a little bit later on. Come see the Quizmaster Quizzy Dad coming right up. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. This is how you do it. Quizzy that come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, that's right. Give us a call and don't Google and lie. One of the main lines in that little rap, hey? Come on, come see me. That's your time to shine. Let's rip into it. John from Christchurch. Morning. How are you, mate? Oh, good, good. Very, very good this morning, mate. Appreciate it. Here we go. Good luck, Johnny. How many rackets did Nick Kyrgios break following his loss to Hachinov in the US Open? Well, I think he only broke one, but he threw another one on the ground, So, but I don't know if that broke. So uh, I'll say he broke one. I think you I'll give you that. Two, but the other one didn't break. He just threw it flat on the ground. We got to pay. I'll that. give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Oh, I will give you that, John. Great summation yeah. and explain explanation of that, mate. So I'll give you that. Here we go. Question number two: The headline act for the Rugby World Cup ceremony at Eden Park has been announced overnight. Who is it? No, I didn't hear it. So I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny. Appreciate it, mate. Have a good day to you as well. Lemmy, Palmy North, morning. Morning, brother. How are you? Morning. Good, thank you. Very, very good. Good luck. The headline act for Rugby World Cup ceremony at Eden Park has been announced overnight. Who is it? Uh, would it be uh, Rita Ora? Rita Ora, partner yeah. of cool. uh, Taika. Taika Waititi. There we go. Question number three. American fighter Nate Diaz is headlining the UFC card this weekend. His brother also used to fight in the organization. What is his brother's name? Oh, God. You know what? 
I spoke to my son about it, and he was going to take a bid on it, but I forgot his name, so I'll pass on that one to you, brothers. Oh, you got a phone a friend if you want to use it, everyone. Oh, Don't okay, forget phone that. Phone phone. Oh, okay. Oh, Rhymes with <laughs> Snickers. Snickers? Oh, Snickers, no. Oh. Does it? Oh. Does it? <laughs> um, I'll go, I'll go. Oh. Ticker? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah, that's a hard clue. That's a hard clue. Kempe. Look at the Look at the kitchen, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Lamy. Have a good Justice day. Damon from Palmy. That's just right. for Lamy. Damon from Palmy. Morning. Morning. Um, I'll try Nick Diaz. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nick Diaz is correct. Nickers. Yeah. Nice. Here we go. <laughs> Francis Tiafo upset Rafael Nadal on Tuesday in the US Open. Who does he take on in his quarterfinal? In the tennis. Oh, could I have a phone a friend, please? Ooh, okay. Here we go. Um, it's on right now, by the way. Yeah. Likes rubies. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not sure. Thank you. Oh, it's a, it's a tough one. Thanks, David. Have a good day. Tony from Auckland. Morning, Tony. Morning, brother. Francis Tiafo, who does he take on in his quarterfinal? Uh, Rublev. Rublev is correct. Question number five. The MPC Power Rankings have just been released. Name two of the three top t- uh, teams in the top three. Um, two of the teams in the top three. Uh, Canterbury. In uh, Waikato. Oh. Tony from Auckland coming in late and taking home the treat. Well done, Tony. You're our winner. Finally. <laughs> hey, Uncle. Hey, Uncle. Yes. Hey, Uncle. Yes. Hey, you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of stick on from you a few weeks ago, you remember? Yeah, that's right, son. Did you just keep phoning in, eventually you'll get one. Hold a grudge, Tony. I love that from you. <laughs> and up, man. Queue up, brother, queue up. And uh, Tony, here's a little one. I'll lob one out, my first of the weekend. I don't mind... Cork on the quick backup to put in a way better performance than she did on Sunday. Race for Hastings, $3.60. I think you could have a bet, and $50 is a good unit to do it with. That's just me. Six and a half away from seven. We'll talk some more thoroughbred racing a little bit later on in the show. Get your texts back after this. Right, we're nearly at 7am this morning, and after 7, we're going to catch up with Aaron Schatz, who is one of the sharpest minds in American football for football outsiders, and he's retweeted us, and he said, this will be my first time in sports radio in New Zealand, adding to my audio globe trottery. So he's fired up, (laughs) excited to chat to Aaron just after 7am. There's some good text around us out this morning. Tonga versus England Rugby League World Cup 2017 semi-final. Last play, Matt Checkin didn't want to call the video ref on the last bloody play, Kimpy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was a big call. Um, yeah, well, that's that's a biggie. 
There's plenty of them. Sneddon catches the ball on the boundary in day-night game against Oz. Oz umpire couldn't see it. Yeah, right. Marshy at Hawks Bay. Aussies. Oh, they're all coming through. They're all coming through. There's plenty more. Yeah. I'm bound to be plenty in the NFL too. Louis, I'm pumped for this chat because I'm a Carolina Panthers fan and we've got Maker Faith. Maker Faith. Uh, Baker Mayfield, sorry, got it around the wrong way. He is our quarterback. Can he bring some good fortune to the Carolina Panthers? We'll see. Seen Sue. <laughs> Losing the plot. Anyway, You're here's our with the news for Kavita. Oh, lost. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and find up to half price of Neutralife and Good Health Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday, the 8th of September. It's just after 7 o'clock. Keep those messages coming through. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Biggest howlers after last night's wee little mishap there from the TMO in the game. Wellington taking on Tasman Marco. Well, got to remember, I've got Wellington on my side of the ledger, so I'm quite happy with that decision, but... Many out there, Tasman Markle fans will be ripped disappointed. Off. Keep them ripped off. They were Kempe ripped off. <sighs> anyway, we're going to talk some NFL shortly. Come up, we're going to talk to James Woods about uh, the winter games that are taking place this weekend, the big year. And he's looking to, well, go back and get a gold medal. So he's be excited. There's been a bit of snow that's been dumped down here in Lower South Island. So they'll be no doubt good and perfect. Conditions right now. We're going to talk to Aaron Schultz. Well, boys, it's officially spring here in Aotearoa, which means it's time to whip out the barbecue. It was a great day yesterday, I must say. Grab a cold one and watch some American football. Yes, the NFL has returned, and it all begins tomorrow when the defending Super Bowl champs play host to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in LA. As always, there's been no shortage of drama in the off season, and it brings us up to date. On the storylines entering the new season, football outsider analyst Aaron Schatz. Morning, Aaron. It's great to have you on, mate. Appreciate you coming through. How you doing, mate? Good, good. Good morning. Good afternoon here. Good morning to you. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, appreciate it, mate. It's been a long seven months, but we're finally here tomorrow night. Buffalo Bills taking on defending champs, mate. You must be super excited about this time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have done the preseason now for a couple of months. We've been promoting our preseason book, which is called Football Outsiders Almanac 2022. 
and I'm kind of tired of it, and I'm ready to play some actual games that matter. So I'm excited mm. for the season to start tomorrow. Hey, Aaron, is it right there's a number of rookie um, quarterbacks coming through the competition this year? And, it, and, and who's the top pick for you this year? Yeah, the rookie quarterbacks this year were not very highly regarded. Only one of them went in the first round, which is Kenny Pickett, who went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's not going to be starting from right at the start of the season. So I think he's the one most likely to play this year. But the one we like at Football Outsiders is actually Desmond Ritter. Our film analyst, Derek Klassen, thinks that Ritter is the furthest along of any of these quarterbacks. And he was a third-round pick by the Atlanta Falcons. All right. I'm going to ask you the question uh, regarding my Carolina Panthers. I'm a big fan. Obviously, Cam Newton, he was there. But they've got Baker Mayfield now for the Panthers. Well, how do you see them going about this year? Can they have? Can they gain a bit more momentum? And get back to no, some winning ways. You, we're not big fans <laughs> of the Panthers this year. I mean, I think Mayfield oh. is better than Sam Darnold was, but their defense, um, you mm. know, has some good players on it, certainly. Brian Burns and J.C. Horn, and it might be good. But we don't, you know, see any reason for their offense. See, Mayfield in Cleveland, he did this offense where it was really based on the strong offensive line, the run, lots of play action, fake, you know, run fakes. And the guy who's running the offense in Carolina, Ben McAdoo, doesn't like to do any of that stuff. So we can't imagine they're going to run an offense that's going to be good for him. Who do you think out of the teams that didn't perform last year um, are going to be pushing for the playoffs this year? Uh, we like Minnesota to be better this year. Their offense in particular with the Kevin O'Connell, their new head coach running things, uh, we really like. Uh, Baltimore suffered so many injuries last year, more injuries than any team we've measured in 20 years. And so we think that Baltimore is definitely going to be better this year. Um, and Las Vegas got into the playoffs, but they weren't actually that good. <laughs> and so we think they're actually going to be better this year and possibly sneak into the playoffs again, but but be a better team than they were last year. What about the Steelers, mate? Mitchell Trubitsky has been uh, given the reins for, for week one of the Steelers. Obviously, uh, Roethlisberger has been there for a very long time. Mate, how are the Steelers looking? Can they get back to winning ways as well? Well, we have the Steelers with our number one projected defense for this year. Mm. But we also have them with our number one projected hardest schedule for this year. So it's going to be tough. We think their offense is going to be below average, whether it's Trubisky or Pickett at quarterback. Mm. So even if their defense is good, unless their defense is great, that schedule is going to keep them from the playoffs. Mate, you talk, you're talking a lot about analytics. Just um... – this DVOA that you've created, can you explain a little bit to us about what that is? Sure. So DVOA stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average. It's the stat we've been doing at Football Outsiders for 20 years. Basically, we measure every play in the NFL and how successful it is. Then we compare that to a league average baseline that's adjusted for situation and opponent. And it gives you a general idea of how efficient a team is on offense and defense. That's awesome. That's a that's a quality stat. So, so Aaron Donald will be at the top of that one, wouldn't he? 
Yeah, well, we don't have it for defensive players, unfortunately. But if yeah. we did, <laughs> Aaron Donald, I mean, any stat that anybody has created to measure defensive players, Aaron Donald basically blows everybody else out of the water. Yeah, oh, mate, he's a freak. Look at the nick he's in, eh? He takes his shirt off at the parade, and wow, he's ripped them more than any bloody backs down here and down under, mate. Uh, what about the Buccaneers? Fans be worried about Tom say, Brady's you... conditioning? First of all, can you believe that people thought Aaron Donald was quote unquote undersized when he was drafted? Like he does not look undersized. <laughs> oh, um, man, he is an we, we have learned not to bet against Tom Brady. He does not follow the same age rules as everybody else. And therefore, um, you know, we expect him to have another really good season. Eventually, he's going to hit some kind of wall. We just we just don't want to bet that it's going to be any specific year. It's going to happen. We just don't know when. What about Cincinnati and L.A.? Do you think they've got the biggest chance of returning to the Super Bowl? Uh, we like the Rams better than the Bengals. The Bengals were actually really just an average team last year in the regular season that got hot in the playoffs. Now they're better this year because they fixed their offensive line, but we don't have them as a favorite in their conference, whereas we have the Rams as one of, if not the top team in their conference this year. Like they're still really strong on offense and defense. I mean, the secret to the Rams is they have a few superlative great players and then they have a lot of holes but they cover them up with how good guys like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford can be and the strong coaching of Sean McVay so we I think if you're asked who's more likely to get back I'd say the Rams but this is a year where it doesn't Mm. feel like it's likely to be one of the teams that made it last year like the top teams this year are primarily teams that didn't make it last year. In fact, teams that haven't made it in a couple of years, like the LA Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, mate, Cooper Cup, he was sensational last year. He was just the man that did it all. Obviously, over 2,000 receiving yards. Whew, freakish year from him. But obviously, losing Odell. What's the, what, is the, what is the latest with Odell Beckham Jr.? Has he retired? No, Odell Beckham plans on playing. He's just not okay. signing anywhere until he gets healthy. I think what uh, okay. Beckham is doing is he's waiting till about midseason, and by then his knee should be healthy, and he'll sign with whoever he thinks gives him the best shot to win another championship. He might go back to the Rams. I mean, the Rams have mm. kept his locker open for him, and they would welcome him back. But, you know, yeah, there's some just... talk that the Buffalo Bills might be interested in it. Yeah, if he's healthy, man, there is no one better than Odell Beckham Jr. And that partnership he forged with Cooper Cup was very, very good. What about Kansas City? Kansas City, can Paddy Mahomes get back? I thought he had a pretty quiet, quiet year. He probably didn't have the receivers. He's got a bit of Arsenal this year. Can can he get back to winning ways? We do have them as our number one projected offense. And I'll pick Patrick Mahomes as my best candidate mm. for MVP every year until he retires. I mean, he's that good. But... Uh, We have their defense declining, and they do have a tough schedule. So I actually am going to pick the L.A. Chargers to nose them out in that division. I think the Chiefs will still be one of the top teams in the league, but they don't feel like a Super Bowl team to me this year. 
Hey, Aaron, you guys obviously um, specialise in analytics, as Kempi just said before. What about the phenomenon of sports betting in America? Obviously, it's it's happened for a long time, and Vegas is, we all know what Vegas does for markets and all that sort of thing. But as it's opened up in more states, have you found that people are using your data and the data which is readily available more so than ever before to try and dabble their hand at actually becoming gamblers more so than, have you seen the market expand, I guess is the question? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Like what has changed in America since sports betting became legal in multiple states? It's unbelievable how much the market has expanded. And it has absolutely created a much larger market for sites like mine and websites that do analytics that are used by bettors. Absolutely. There's no question. Sports betting right now is huge in the United States. Yeah, and, and do you guys, I mean, is there any way to work out who's got the best data? Because there are many ways to spin a cat, right? A skin a cat, right? There's so many different ways, you, and you talk about DVOA and what you created there. People can essentially create their own stats. There's that much data in American football because everything is yards. It's so readily accessible. There's camera angles for everything. So is there almost a competitive market for who can produce the best data and analytics? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have competitors. We have sites that we compete with, absolutely, as well as people who are just doing things free on Twitter. There's a robust analytics community revolving around American football. It's an international analytics community. Some of the best analytics people in football are in the UK, are in Germany, are in Hong Kong, like places you would never expect top analytics people for American football. Like it's a really growing industry. Great question, Louis. Great question. Great answer there. Um, appreciate it. I've got a message through from Brett. He is a Miami Dolphins. I was going to ask you about Tua, Tua Tungavailoa and his uh, year, but have they strengthened their O-line enough to give Tua enough time to bring Hill and Jaden Waddle into games to make them contenders? That is a message from our listener, Brett. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, they really mm. improved at left tackle by signing Teron Armstead. And the idea is that that bumps guys to easier positions, and that's going to make life easier for their other offensive linemen. But their other offensive linemen have been pretty bad the last couple of years. So I don't know how it's all going to work. Miami is a team that people are very curious about because they're going to run an, a whole new offensive scheme under their new coach, Mike McDaniel, that is like the diametric opposite of what they did last year. And so we're all wondering what it's going to look like. Beautiful, mate. There you go, Brett. Your Miami Dolphins, the unknown. We'll see it going forward. Appreciate your time, Aaron Schatz, uh, talking all things NFL. And thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing all that, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Absolutely. We totally welcome your listeners. Footballoutsiders.com. It is the best place for football analytics on the NFL on the internet. So please come join our discussions and uh, get a little bit of New Zealand voice in there. <laughs> Beautiful, mate. Appreciate it. There you go. Is he? Uh, we could become part of the Hong Kong, uh, Germany, uh, UK analytics. You reckon we could get into some analytics for American football? It is amazing what is available. I listen to a few different podcasts, and the data they have, it really makes you realise how young sport is in this part of the world, like how mm. infant our league, super rugby, mate, trying to get stats for rugby union is like pulling teeth <laughs> and they have stat for everything they have a stat for how many times coaches breathe you know heart rates mm. in the nfl it's insane
That's crazy. And that was a great question uh, alluding to the TA, uh, to the betting, you know, like doing that much preparation, analysing, getting that much detail and leading into your betting. Mate, you can see some less full-time bloody punters over there, eh, that just do it for a job because they can work it all out. And, Preston? And, and, and f- what was Preston's Preston? name? What was Preston's last name, Joe? We spoke to you, just bought the football team. I mean, this is what he did, right? Um, Preston Johnson? Preston, Town. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, that's right. These guys have genuinely, they have found that, mm. Kippy, they find edges everywhere. They use data. They use, like, well, I mean, it's way over our three heads, but, <laughs> 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 yeah, they could literally make careers off it. Yeah, the way, the, oh, the, the, that thing um, about the Americans, that how much they cover through through analytics is absolutely amazing you know like where you where you put your foot and how many times you put that foot in that mm. position gives you you know a b c yeah. d and all that sort of stuff so it's really interesting how like when he said i've got so much competition there there are there's people up there all over the place that can give you different types of data if you wanted to look at it and and yet down here we had a, a screen on on nrl stats and we get like three or four percentages without the actual information behind it and that's what the most important stuff is is the actual information that comes behind it that you want to look at. So, mm. great! It's you know, fascinating when you when they're talking and his conversation was all based on analytics. Like we've analysed it. This is where we think it's going to go this year. This is the person based on these um, stats that we think is going to be the one kicking on this year. You know, so but I think this. The, you're right. You're right. As far as the Kiwis go or the Australians go down here, we've got we've got nothing on NFL. Nah, we're, we're way behind. I get um, sent an email from Sky TV still, and they give you a lot of the stats. There are a lot of stats available. Um, I think you use Opta. Uh, I think we're using a new one at the moment. can't remember the name, but they are there. But like you said, there's just not as enough detail as they get in the NFL. And the biggest stat that I got out of that one that deflated me was my Panthers chat. They got no chance, and we got no hope again. Defense, as soon as we lost, lost Luke Keatley, he was just a rampage for that defence team. He went away in, with concussions. We've just never been the same. Oh, it's been a downward spiral for our Carolina Panthers. Any fa- Panthers fans out there? Sorry, it's going to be a tough year again. Well, F- Phil from Hastings says, go Vikings. Aaron, he, he was saying, "Baby, Chiefs baby, let's go Mahomes. Uh, we're going to win another AFC championship. And, and the really interesting one, strength, strength of schedule is super fascinating because in the NFL and – in sports where you don't play everyone in the league once, strength of schedule is one of the biggest, and it's almost like doing form on a horse race. You can't really rate your horse without knowing who else is in the race. That is literally half of the battle. And so working out who can be division champions, then uh, obviously um, outside of that, moving forward, who they play, how many times they play them, it is so crucial, and you, you heard that from Aaron just before. 21 minutes past 7 o'clock. Loving it. A little bit of analytics chat to start your Thursday morning. Later on in the show, we're talking to legend of snow sports, Woodsy. James Woods, so excited for this one. He's down under, and he is an X Games gold medalist, a world champion. Big shows only on Thursdays here, and Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. And Kempe will be off the back fence just after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Fence with Tony Kemp. Yes, well, we all think what could have been. Remember that question you were asked when you were a kid? What do you want to be when you grow up? I think I wanted to be a fireman driving big engines, lots of lights, big noise. Does that sound familiar, Izzy? 
Well, the NRL is at the top of any young player's dreams, isn't it? Big lights, big engines, and loads of noise. But recently, for some of our players, is not it is not the pinnacle of their focus. Chanel Harris-Tavita has decided in the prime of his career to hang up his boots and just let life happen. With the world at his feet financially and physically, he has decided that rugby league is not the be-all and end-all and everything in his life. And I say, well done, son. If you have a desire to pursue other life experiences rather than professional rugby league, then get out there and go for it. I know one thing, your body will appreciate it and so will your mind. And at the end of the day, it's just the game. If we aren't careful moving forward, our kids stepping into professional sport will be expected to deliver so much more than just football on the football field. The expectation driven by performance personnel and coupled by the media can really wear a person down. Athletes are not commodities. They can't be prodded and poked to produce games for media or private owners. And at the end of the day, they are just talented individuals individuals who need time to reset and refresh. CHT needs to be commended for recognising this. And for me, I fully support his endeavours. Go well, enjoy. Chanel Harris-Tavita, explorer of his own destiny. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Beautifully written there, Kempi. Uh, honestly, I applaud him as well, mate. And he's made that courageous decision. You think as a young bloke, your, your, your dream, everyone's dream is playing in or in around. There's going to be many more that could come through. But he has made his decision to go out and, and pursue life outside of rug, uh, rugby league. And uh, I don't, do you know what he's going to do, Kempi? Have you got a little inkling what he's going to get into? I think he wants to just do what most but. You know, kids in their twenties want to do and go travelling and and yeah. explore the world. You know, it's, it's sort of you look at what happened last week to Latrell Mitchell, for instance. You know, mm. um, every time he caught the ball, he got booed. You know, the, the the sad thing about that is that he actually represented the club pretty well for the Roosters when he was playing there. Um, yeah, and he's come out and he's and he's really. He's taken it to heart and said it just has to stop. Goods there, if you remember, he's used that that young kid as an example, saying he actually gave the game up because of the way that the crowd used to treat him. And I just yeah. think, you know, when you look at what Chanel Harris-Tavita has done, is you are now going, kids are now going, well, there's just too much expectation on me. I, mm. It's not just about the money. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I and no, I, I do. I, I when, love... I, when I looked at what he did, I was just like, man, I honestly take my hat off to you for walking away yeah. from that. Same, Kempi, I applaud him honestly. He's made a courageous decision, and whatever he does, he'll look back on this time and he will enjoy his his time in the NRL. And he might come back. He might find the love again and and come back. He's only he's really young, big future ahead of him. But one thing I would say, I say this quite a lot. And um, I was having a chat to my nephew. I'll, I'll tell the story, and I said, oh, you know, how you find his school and. What do you get up to? And he's like, oh, I just love rugby. And I was like, bro, honestly, I was the same. You've got to apply yourself at school, mate. You've got to give yourself the best opportunity because reality is only 1% of players will go on and have a lustrous career, you know? Like, not everyone's going to crack it, and you need something to fall back on. And and that's what I'll tell young kids is, is learn from my mistakes, you know? I went to school to eat lunch. Go to school, apply yourself, and try and find something that you love that is outside of sport because one day it might not eventuate and you want something to fall back on. So uh, well written there, Kempi. Beautiful, mate.
29 away from 8 o'clock after Aroha with the news for Kubota. We'll take in some of your text messages. And on there, double eight, double three. Do any of those words resonate? Where did you find what you wanted to do with your life? Because obviously rugby is just a rugby league, just a profession. And Chanel Harris David is about to go through that life changing experience of doing something a little bit different. So, any experiences you'd like to share? Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Twenty-seven minutes away from eight AM this morning. Hey, uh, Liverpool fans, turn off your wirelesses, if or your ECNZ app, if you're that way inclined. If you've got feelings that get hurt easily, stop listening now. Gull fueling your mission all year round. <laughs> Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Well. Champions League action rolls on today. Liverpool's down 2-0 to Napoli within the 34 minutes to start the game. So they're in the hurt box. Tottenham and Marseille are tied at nil. Bayern's up 1-0 over Inter. Barcelona is leading their tie 1-0. Atletico and Porto nil each as Club Bruges and Leverkusen also nil all there. In the US Open, wow, TFO in a First set tiebreak got the job done and he gave the crowd a little bit of, hey, this is our court, this is my court, as he's taking on Rublev this morning. They are tied four games apiece at Juice in the second set. This looks like it is going to go deep. And the Black Caps, well, they want to take the series deep against Australia this evening when they take on the Aussies in the second, Chapel Hadley, ODI. Obviously going down in the first one. Live commentary from 4pm here on ECNZ. Can't wait to hear Dan McCarty, Grant Elliott and the crew go at it again with Flem and the Aussies. Damien Fleming, that is. Uh, the Aussie commentators over the ditch. And hopefully they can get a, a result. Are you back in the Mizzy? Yeah, look, oh, for sure. Always back in the Black Caps to get the job done. Just see what they do selections-wise. Yeah, if they're going to offer, obviously, Trent Bolt, first name on the list. Do they go back to Tim Southey and bring him in? Do they stay true with Matt Henry and Lockie Ferguson, who offers nothing but just out-and-out speed? So, yeah, that, that's where they got to go. And, and I'd love to see Kane Williamson or Devin Conway just really put in a solid effort. Devin always gets a start. We know that. He gets a start, but he hasn't really kicked on past 50... Or, or, or your late your late eighties and or something like that. I'd love to see Devin really put in a a statement today over the ditch and, and get the job done. But yeah, selections wise, bowling, see where they go, eh? Yep, it'll be interesting for sure. Is he text from Richard for you, Kimpy? Did you take any advice while at school and try and try study or set yourselves up for life after sport? Uh, not at school. No, not at school. I went to school to be with, just with my mates basically and play sport. Um, and it was sort of a uh, a place where I could just go and have some fun, you know what I mean? So if I knew the stuff or applied myself, like as he said, at school, I sort of didn't understand what school was about. Like a lot of kids um, back in my era, in and around why you got educated at that age and where it could take, it was like, see, English geography, mathematics, all that sort of stuff that you normally do, what they don't do very well, especially to, for Māori and Polynesians, is get them to understand that, for instance, my son was top of his class in English, 
I had no idea where English could take him, but when I spoke to people about, well, he's top of his class in English, what, what career should he look at? And they said, well, he should look at law. Mm. I said, I never knew that, that, connect, that connection. And when I started to think about that as, in going through this with my son, um, it got me thinking about my own career and, and through school and going, yeah, man, like if you actually knew, you might have chosen a different career. <laughs> You know, mm. you know what I mean? Because there's so many smart people out there. But taking life um, learnings through my football career, man, I got some. I, I learnt more in my football career than I did at school, and I've applied that yeah. ever since. Yeah, I, I was a, mate. Honestly, the same as Kempi. I went to school just hanging out with my mates. The beautiful lunches down there at Lindisfarne College, mate, and uh, <laughs> teachers constantly telling me, you know. Apply yourself, you know, you, you need life after sport. It's not all about the rugby field, blah, blah, blah. And I was just so stubborn, didn't listen. And, uh, you know, I'm still constantly learning to this day. I'm, just, I'm learning something new every single day. And even when you go back to school and you, you go to your son's five-year-old class and they start talking about some things, some algebra and all that thing, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even remember any of this thing that we – I wish I listened. But, um, yeah, that would be my advice, just – Try and, and find something that you love, you know, because there are so many options at schools these days. You can do whatever you want, whether that's music, um, you know, drama, arts, everything's available. Find that passion and that love and, and give yourself a, a big chance when you leave. I can't wait to hear some stories for uh, Izzy when you do get stuck on some late night homework shifts. I bet Kempi's got oh, some rippers, but I can't wait to hear you. <laughs> homework. Over- no such thing as homework. Um, <laughs> Arlo comes to Dad. Dad, I need some help with this. And you guys are late at night in the lab trying to work, trying to work out. I can't wait. 21. Good old Google these days, Eloy. Good old oh, Google. Right. Send the integrity unit in. 21 away from eight. After this, we're going to talk some snow sports. I wonder if James Woods was any good at school or whether he's just backflipping his way through the half pipes. He's a legend. He's an ex Games gold medalist. He's here with the Winter Games. What a coup it is. He's skiing this weekend. We'll catch up with him just after this. 16 away from 8 this morning and we're just trying to track down James Woods but he could be back flipping off a mountain somewhere so we're going to keep doing that <laughs> in the next wee while. A couple of messages on double eight, double three from you. Glad you chose Lee Kempe. Loved watching you play and throw yes. four passes. <laughs> oh, geez, thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah, look, I, I decided that I was going to be a league player when I was 14 and I, I made a New Zealand schoolboy team and went to Australia first time out of the country young Māori boy from Waitara and I went to a game at Cronulla and stood on the hill there they got this, had this little mound with my billet because we got billeted back then and I watched Kurt Sorensen and Dane Sorensen just throwing people around they told me they were Kiwis and that very moment I decided that that's what I was going to be and the funny thing about school when I went back to school I used had my math teacher. He used to always say, "Well, what are you going to do?" You know, he was like always giving me a hard time. I said, "Well, I'm going to play league. I'm, I'm going to go to Australia and do what those Sorensen boys." And he goes, "You're a dreamer," and that's what he said. <laughs> he said, "You're just a dreamer." But what happened later on in life is he came to me during my career and said, "Well done, Tony. You know, like you said that to me way back when you were 14, uh, Mr. Curter, his name was, and and actually, you know, took it back and said, you know." Um, well done and Izzy back in those early days like when you're watching that Manly game I used to actually go back to the school every year every year and I'd yeah. do a like a, a talk 
and just talk to all the all the kids uh, at the high school about you know just believing in, in what you can actually achieve. And mm. I reckon about oh, the the uh, through the early two thousands and that, um, I would have kids come up to me and they go, "Man, I listened to you at ho- at high school." And I just want to say thank you because I actually wanted to do this and I, you made me want to get out there and do it. And I'd have a kid once a year come up and say that to me. So, you know, just because you're, you're, you're not good at school doesn't mean that you can't achieve anything. You know, yeah. it's all about just applying yourself to what you're passionate about. And for sports people, you know, you're, when I listen to you, Izzy, your story of mine, our stories are so similar. Mm. You know, you're talking about food at school. <laughs> Mate, one of the best things about going to school, because in, in a rural town, is all the farming boys used to come to school, these massive sandwiches, mate, you know. So, Roast lamb sandwiches, uh, And share the... And share, 100%. They were just so... You know, you're looking at them going, man, it's, you're just Fiona so Fiona Brackenridge's homemade mayo. Mm. Oh. But, mate, it's white bait season, you see. At the moment, it's white bait season. Um, but we jump in the car, me and, me and my mates, and, instead of staying at school, we go, mate, let's go and get a feed. And one boy would hold the net outside the car... You know, go and, go and you know, sort of borrow the parents' car and just cruise down the beach, do a couple of blind scoops, get a dozen eggs, go home and cook up the white bait and, and be back at school, oh, you know, head back to school for, for footy training. It's, I had so much fun at school. And the, and the funniest thing about that, about not sort of taking too much about the education, is that my best mates were twins and their father was our vice principal. And I'd spent most of my time at their place. <laughs> and he knew, mate, that I wasn't applying myself for school. He just wanted me. Oh. To, I think he just wanted me there to play rugby. <laughs> You've got me going, Kempi. Sandwiches. Your your favourite semi, your white bait semi, is so good. But I pretty much I, I did this at Linnisfarne College. We used to have a bread, a bread um, little station in the middle of the uh, dining hall, and you'd go over. We used to have pie day. Anyway, I'd go over, I'd get two pieces of bread, and chuck a pie in it. Create a pie <laughs> yeah. sandwich. Cut it in half so you can have two pie sandwiches. Bang. And exactly. then uh, all these um, Pākehā boys there at school were like, what are you doing? I said, pie sammy boys, honestly, try it. Don't mock it till you try it. They tried it, and to this day, they still love a pie sandwich. Been around for years. Been around for years, the pie. Been around for years, the pie sandwich. Hundred percent. Little tea smash on there as well. White bread, lots of butter. I mean, it's just. How do you eat your pie? How do you eat your pie, Louis? You one of the? You just. Chomp it, or you like to uh, enjoy it. You take the top off, you you eat the mince first, and then you eat the pastry. I can't stand people like that, but some people do. No, I um Shannon actually teases me because I've got a prolific. I'm quite prolific as far as um burning my mouth and burning my tongue, like not blowing on things yeah. properly, or just being just so just, just being so hungus that I'm just like nom nom nom, <laughs> <That's me. laughs> and then I'm like ha ha ha, and she's like you are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell you how I, I I like my pie in a sandwich. Yeah, not to this yeah. day still. To this day, yeah, with a with oh, tomato pie, sauce and a, and a and a couple of pieces of bread, cut it in half, get two sandwiches. Yeah, nice. Oh, so good. I'm hungry now. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm starving. Let's get back to the text machine. Uh, regarding school and effort, boys, aim for nothing, hit nothing every time. That's from Gaza. Yep. And look, sometimes. And I think back to school as well. And this is a great topic because everyone can relate to it, Gazza. I think back, and sometimes you just don't know what to aim for. So that's where great teachers come in, good role models, mm. good mentors. And we're lucky in New Zealand there are lots of inspirational people to look up to. Going back to one of our early topics, lads, the biggest howlers in sport after Garden Bashup scored one of the greatest no tries of all time with his arm planted. <laughs> 
about a metre over the sideline last night for Wellington. Good morning, gentlemen. Just spare a thought for those poor punters that had their hard earned on the Marco. It's hard enough betting with the TAB without having to go up against a ref with painted on eyes, says Steve-O. Oh. We, could, we could talk to Paul, Paulie Mawari about that and see whether or not they're painted out. <laughs> well, they have to. They have to. It's, it's, it's <laughs> they have port, to. It? <laughs> I know, I know, but pay the, pay the Tasman... Pay the Tasman one out too. It's just from good faith. Oh no way! The du- deductions already cost them. They can't do that, Kimpy. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> we can put it to Paulie Mighty. Um, so I was asking you, greatest howlers, and Mark's come through so cynical. Just wait till after the weekend in the NRL. There's bound to be some howlers. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but the NRL just attracts controversy. Hundred percent, all the time. It's, like I said right at the beginning, there's always three things this time of year that affects the winner. Mm. Injury, suspension, Rest. and poor refereeing decisions, and we're, and he's dead right. We'll get you'll, we'll get a howler this weekend, and the Tasman Wellington game will be forgotten about straight away. They'll be talking about that decision there, either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So we, you don't get howlers in tennis anymore because they have the electronic lines, and it's quite incredible to see that um, in action. And they they play the replays, and you're and like I don't know what you guys like when you watch tennis, but I'm like convinced absolutely convinced that the ball was out or in but it never is out or in it's always the right call because it's electronic and it literally can't be wrong and TFO has just taken the second set in a tie break uh, he has got the place absolutely rocking Arthur Ashe Stadium he's working the crowd so he's up to zip two sets to love over there VAR and FIFA couldn't let the All Whites qualify for the World Cup <laughs> going back to halfway after we scored a goal to disallow because of a soft foul dark still yep that was a pretty grim little Wednesday morning wasn't it and I know you talked about this yesterday but Nathan Lyon hit the ball there was a hot spot so he was walking off the field not bitter at all says James and Alexander yeah going back to that Adelaide test match where Nigel Long said well that could have come from anywhere or that could be anything I think the line was Uh, that was quite infuriating and get your favourite pie deep fry it white bread crusts pepper and salt Jeff. Oh, <laughs> Deep fry it. Jeffy boy. Deep fry it. So you get it hot and you give it another fry up, you reckon? Wow. That's naughty, Jeff. Ooh, that is. That is naughty. I've got an air fryer here. Mm, that does some good chicken in that. Mate, I'm, I'm starving right now. But back to the tennis, Louis. Back to the tennis. Obviously, Kyrgios, that was his chance to go on and win his first ever major uh, Grand Slam there at the US Open. Now he's out. You've got TFO in there and you've got Alcaraz. Carlos Alcaraz from uh, Spain. Genuine chance now that Kyrgios is out. Who, who's who's going to take it, you reckon? Well, TFO is playing awesome. He's got Rublev mm. literally running up the tunnel. TFO is on absolute fire this morning, is he? So we'll see how that one shakes down. And on the other side, we've got obviously Alcaraz, Garcia. He is going to win one. On the other side of the draw, yeah. uh, Kashinov was a machine, but Rude has also been playing um, some unreal tennis as well. So TFO right now, just because he's in front of me, he is looking dominant. And with the crowd there, he's going to go a long way. Yeah. Seven away from eight. We'll be back with more after this. Right, well, live scenes from outside the studio where Ricardo's getting ready from his show. He's doing cartwheels because Liverpool are down 3-0 at halftime against Napoli. Um, apologies for any Liverpool fans who are absolutely struggling with the season today. In Champions League, uh, Tottenham still nil with Marseille and Barcelona 3-1 up uh, against Victoria Pizzi in, in their first round game as well at halftime. 
that's your latest in the Champions League. Uh, Michael's saying back in the day, Friday fish and chip lunches at school were the go. Yes, Friday fish and chip session in history class. Absolutely. And Charles, Wayne Barnes missing the forward pass to Michelet 2007 still hurts. Like, we've accepted, is he, that Wayne Barnes is probably the best referee in the world now, right? Like, he is one of the mm. absolute elite referees. But we will never, ever accept that moment, will we? N- never, ever forget that moment and accept it. But, yeah, you're right. That that probably shaped him into the ref that he is today. He went for a tumultuous time. Like, he was... Scared. Oh, scared, mate. He was getting threats left, right, and centre. It was a crazy time. But actually made him into the, one of the best referees going around now. And it's, he's evolved and changed his game, so... Yeah, we'll never forget that though. 2007, young kid playing for Hawks Bay, and wow, that was a dark time. Anyway, speaking of uh, some tennis, we spoke about it before. Marcus Daniel, bronze medalist at the Tokyo Olympic Games, he's coming up after eight o'clock. We'll have a chat to him, and maybe he could lead us in. Who do you think going forward will win the U.S. Open? He's doing some great things off the court as well. We're gonna have a chat to him about that. So keep the messages coming through. Double eight, double three, biggest howlers that you know. We appreciate it. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and get up to half price off big brand vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ Thursday, the 8th of September, and it's 8 o'clock. Appreciate all your messages coming through. Here's another one. Morning, boys. My howler memory was when we were playing in the rugby semi final. We got a penalty on full time. We asked the ref, What was the score? He said, You're up by two. We kicked the ball out full time. We lost by one. <laughs> oh, no. You should always know the score yourself, though, fellas. Hey, Cream. Should always have an inkling of what the score is. Because you never trust anyone. But, mate, that would be heartbreaking. We spoke to Aaron Schartz uh, earlier on this morning. He is a Football Outsiders analyst. And he came on our show to talk all things NFL. And he had a great, astute mind talking, well, just stats and everything NFL. Just digging a little bit deeper than your just norm. So go and have a listen to that. Great little chat. If you're an NFL fan, you will enjoy it on Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast, the podcast. James Woods is coming up later on in this hour, 8.40. We're going to have a chat to him before he hits the slopes in the winter games and hits the big year and probably doing some backward flips already. So we're looking forward to having a chat to him about what's going to take place this weekend. And wow, what does he get up to, mate? It reminds me of a, 
of a rock star lifestyle, eh? Just travelling the world and skiing all the best slopes. How good is that? But right now, it's five past eight. Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park. Working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Yes, it's the first edition of our new feature on the show this morning, More Than An Athlete, where we're going to speak to some great New Zealanders, not just about their sporting journey, but the work they are doing and have done off the court and field, creating opportunities for those less fortunate and giving back to their communities. Today, we're kicking it off with someone who couldn't have fitted the bill any more so. Marcus Daniel has competed in the biggest cauldrons in world sport, finding success at the Australian Open, Wimbledon, and of course, being part of that epic bronze medal moment with Michael Venus at the Olympics last year. But it's been off the court where Marcus has had his biggest impact so far, founding High Impact Athletes, an organisation which connects athletes with the most effective, evidence-based, evidence-based charities in the world and ultimately changes lives. Some of his signatures athletes and supporters include Joseph Parker, Luca Jones and even Stefana Tsitsipas which is quite incredible, but we'll let him explain his journey to this point and how a high-impact athlete was born. He's on the line with us now. Morning, Marcus. Appreciate your time, mate. Morning, guys. How are you? Very, very good, mate. I remember we had a uh, great chat with you last year, mate. Tell us, how's it all going? High-impact athletes. Talk to us about your journey, mate, outside of the court. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing, and it's still really picking up steam. Uh, so... At the moment, we're at over 140 athletes across the world. I think we're at over 35 different sports, over 30 different countries. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really growing as a community, which is amazing to see. And, yeah, this was actually sort of an idea born out of the, the boredom of COVID lockdown, um, where, I, you know, I'd been donating to, um, to these organizations myself since around 2015, uh, but I realized I could be doing a lot more in the advocacy space, you know, trying to speak out about this stuff and and speak out about why I thought this was so important. Uh, you know, being a being a Kiwi, I, I am impacted by the, the tall, tall puppy syndrome. So it was a, a bit uncomfortable at first, but I think it's really important that if we do have a voice that we speak out about what's important to us and especially so if it's going to do good in the world. Hey Marcus, how, recept- how receptive have other athletes been to this idea of uh, connecting and giving back? That's actually been one thing that's been a really beautiful surprise to me because I thought I was going to have to really pester people um, to, to try and bring them on board. But the, it's, it's actually sort of been the opposite. Like I, I feel like a lot of athletes that I speak to, they almost have a, have a sense of relief. Like, okay, here's something that has the sort of research and data behind it that I'm used to with my sport. And I know that the work has been done behind the scenes so I can step in and confidently do my bit um, without worrying about a gotcha moment or, you know, worrying that my money's going to the wrong place or that my, my image and my, my name is going to the wrong place. So that's been amazing to see actually that athletes are, are keen to come on board. It's, it's not a fight. It's like, okay, yeah, this really makes sense. How, how do I sign up? 
Can you tell us about some of the struggles and some of the examples that you've had to endure during your career to be able to, um, you might, you know, have some fellow athletes out there that will be listening to this to, to maybe overcome those those situations that you're put into? Yeah, for sure. So so I think the the biggest fear for athletes is that they say something that might not be entirely true or entirely based in fact, and then the mob on social media comes after them and and that's a really gutting feeling um and you know none of us want that um and all of us are trying to do the right thing so one thing that i hear a lot when i'm speaking to athletes is you know i sort of just want to keep my head ducked under cover and and do my bit but i think if if we do that then we're actually missing out on on the second sort of big angle that we can use to, to make impact in the world. So one angle is that we can contribute directly, like by donating and that sort of stuff. But then this other huge lever that we have as athletes, especially as a collective, is a platform. And so being able to speak from that platform and being able to speak to our audiences about why giving back is good and why giving back to the most cost-effective places is even better, like that's that's super powerful and and you know, if we can speak loudly enough and if we have a big enough community, that can turn into a, a pretty epic snowball. So people are worried about, um, yeah, just, just saying saying something slightly wrong and, and being called out for it. Um, but that's why I think the, you know, the, the mountain of evidence that's behind these charities that we support, uh, if anyone has a problem with the charities, it's like, okay, please, please find a problem with the research because the people doing the research would love that. They'd love to they'd love to have pointed out what mistakes they've made and they'd update their thinking. So, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty robust, um, it's a robust place to lean on uh, if you're an athlete, knowing that there's so much research behind it. Marcus, there's, there's obviously lots going on with the planet and I've read some stuff there and around carbon credits and, and bits and pieces that you're looking at. From a, from a, from a player's perspective, though, what sort of other capital, apart from you know just donating um, fin- financial benefits to a charity, can an athlete give back with? Yeah, that's a great question. So the way I look at it, there are sort of three uh, ways that athletes can give back. The one and the most obvious is is donating, but you know a, a lot of athletes actually aren't in a position where they have a huge amount of surplus money. You know, uh, it's it's a lucky athlete that makes a ton of money in their career. Um, one angle is voice, as as we spoke about, and then the third angle is time, and you know, going to places and and giving your time and energy and, and presence. And this is actually where we see, um, you know, there's a bit of a split because the mainly the charities that High Impact Athletes focuses on, they operate in the poorest places in the world because that's where dollars can go the furthest. But if if we're in New Zealand, then our presence realistically uh, can mainly be spent in New Zealand. You know, like we, we can we can only physically affect the things that are around us. So I absolutely recommend that our athletes go to their, their local schools, they go to their local soup kitchens or whatever's around them, their local, um, you know, SBCAs and volunteer their time. And I think that's the best way, that's the best use of their time. But if they're going to, to donate, then I think we can actually do the most good if we direct our donations to the poorest places in the world where just by virtue of, you know, New Zealand being relatively wealthy, our, our dollar can go dozens of times further.
Mate, time is money, and I'm sure the athletes giving up their time is, is obviously more than muff, and you've spoken about it. Uh, most of these, some of these athletes, they, they do what do their mahi, they do their work, and they uh, get skittles in the end. So time and, and the impact that they're able to have on these countries and these people around the world, is, uh, it'll be more than enough, mate. But talk to us about your team behind high-impact athletes. Obviously, you've, you would have a good team around you to support you, or, or are you taking the full workload yourself? Well, that's, that's been a beautiful change. So initially it was just me, and I actually thought it was just going to be a small enough uh, enterprise that it would be able to be just me. But very, very quickly, like within a couple of months of, of launching it publicly, I, I realized that I'd need help. Um, so now we're at the stage where uh, we have two full-timers. So I'm, I'm one at the moment, particularly now at the moment I'm, I'm recovering from knee surgery. So I have bugger all else to do. So I'm I'm able to go completely full-time into this. Um, earlier this year, Hugo Ingalls, who's a, a vastly experienced black sticks player, um, he started working with us. He was actually one of the first athletes that pledged 2% of his income through to these organizations, but now he's actually working as part of the HIA team. Um, and then we actually have three other part-time employees, one of whom is, is New Zealand's top female tennis player, Erin Routliff. Um, she's been doing amazingly over the last year or so. I think she's sitting at around 30 in the world, um, just lost a, a nail-biter in the second round of the US Open. So she's helping us with our comms. We have, um, we're working with an agency in the UK around marketing, etc. And then we also have a, um, a sprinter in Melbourne who is a sprinter himself and is also coaching uh, the fastest 800-meter female um, He's helping us with some strategy stuff and some IT stuff. So I love the fact that it's sort of by athletes for athletes. Um, it means that it's mm. us speaking to peers rather than, uh, you know, uh, I guess the, the normal model would be non-athletes trying to trying to bring athletes on board. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're a, a small team, but I, I think we're doing really well. And I think we're almost at a stage where we might have to, to grow one more. That, sound, that sounds awesome, Marcus. Your gratitude bucket. You know, just give us an example of the impact that this has had uh, so far. And, 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 of course, since you've started, how do you feel about that impact? Oh, this is, this is the beautiful thing. And it's, it's sort of, it's somewhat selfish. But, like, giving back and doing good is one of the only things in, in, that I've read about that's been proven to actually make us feel better, to, to make us feel happier. And it's been my experience that the moment, so I, I think I, I first made a 1% pledge in, in 2016. Uh, and that completely changed the way that I thought about tennis and thought about my career because it meant that every day that I went out onto a practice court and even more particularly every day that I went out onto a match court, the better I did, it was great for myself. Like if I won a match, it was great for myself, but it was also now great for something so much bigger than myself. And that wider perspective on using my career to do good was just huge for me. It was, it was really a, a, a sea change in, in the way that I approached my career. And, you know, I, since then, each year I sort of pushed into the slightly uncomfortable level of, of how much I felt like I could give. And, and last year I made a 10% commitment for the rest of my life. And, and that, you know, five years ago, that would have seemed scary. But now it's like, no, this is this is something that I really deeply believe in. I know that it's doing a huge amount of good in the world. 
but then on the flip side, I actually feel really good doing it. So it's not only about what I'm giving. There's also a huge amount that comes back and that's quite intangible. And, you know, it's like, it's hard to quantify, but I, I feel that very deeply in my own life. Um, and, you know, I, I just think it's been a, a beautiful, positive thing for me, both in my career on court and, and also for me as a person off court. I've got the warm fuzzies, mate. I've got the warm fuzzies going through my body. It's um, <laughs> Honestly, it's amazing. It's amazing. And you're dead right. There is no better feeling when you give someone something, no matter how big or small, and seeing the smile and the impact it has on their faces, I love it. Absolutely. I love it. And there's nothing that makes me feel um, better uh, than that, seeing a, a smile. As simple as getting someone a coffee, eh, Joe? As simple as getting someone a coffee and, and offering it up. That's as little as it can be. Mate, quickly, before we let you go, obviously you've had knee surgery, um, but how's, how's the body, mate? Are we going to see you back on the court shortly? Uh, probably not shortly. So it's been, yeah, this is this is the longest recovery I've experienced. Um, but I am, supposedly I am on track. I, I saw the surgeon um, about 10 days ago and he said, you know, this is about where we should expect you to be. Um, but this year is definitely out. And then it's, it's a question of whether I'd be ready for next year. And also there are some tactical questions around, you know, I have a, yeah, it gets, gets pretty complex, but I have a thing called a protected ranking and it's like, okay, limited opportunities to use that protected ranking where does it make most sense to um to use them but yeah so it's it's definitely at least some months away okay beautiful mate beautiful we look forward to seeing you back on the court you're doing some amazing work mate high impact athletes honestly fantastic more kiwis like you more people like you around the world will be a much better place quickly just we're gonna let you go i just want you to what would you say to online bullies, mate? What would be the the one thing you would say to online bullies about the impact that they're having to uh, on people? Not if you athletes or just anything. I've just read a story that Aroha's tagged me in about this young kid, Thomas Potter, racing and uh, the bullying that he's having to go through. But what would you say to, to online bullies? Oh, mate, it's um, it's nasty. I mean, yeah, like almost almost every match that I play, I'd have you know, threats against my family, death threats against me popping up in, in all my social media accounts. It's it's a real thing. Uh, and I think what I'd say is to those bullies is flip the script. Like, put yourself in, in my shoes. Put yourself in the person you're bullying's shoes. Imagine how it would feel, especially after you've just, just lost something or you've just done something that, that's already yeah. making you feel pretty bad. And imagine how it feels to have people threatening your life or your family's life or, or that sort of thing. It's inhumane and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually pretty devastating. And um, there's not much that we can do about it except try to block it out. But, you know, when you're already in a vulnerable space, blocking it out is really not easy. Um, so in so many situations in life, I, I just... I think it's a good idea to flip the script and put yourself in someone else's shoes, and I wish those those people did that more often. Yeah, for sure, mate. Very, very wise words from uh, Marcus Daniel. We appreciate you coming on, mate, and keep up the fantastic work you are doing with High Impact Athletes. Appreciate your time, uh, and all the best with your recovery of your knee, mate. Hey, thank you so much, and thanks for, for starting this, this segment or this show. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing and, and shining light on the stuff that athletes can and are doing off court. I think it's beautiful. So good stuff to you guys. Go Appreciate well, Marcus. It. Marcus Daniel.
Thank you very much, mate. Thanks, guys. Good work, Louis. No worries. Great That's, start. That was um, he was the perfect perfect bloke to start with in the end. So Joe and me were having a trying to deep deep dive yesterday to try and work out someone that kind of encapsulated what this new feature in the show is going to be about and. We kind of chanced upon Marcus Daniel, who nailed it. It's all about him. It is. It, he did nail it. Kempe and high performance, mm. uh, yeah, high impact athletes. I, I think that's such an interesting space, and you guys have both been there. And I, I don't. I'm guessing it resonated when he kind of said, "You're kind of scared. You're putting yourself out there. You want all the facts, and what he's he's doing mm. is bridging that gap, so you don't look silly and you actually make a difference." And he's taking that legwork out, and I just think it's an ingenious concept, Kempe. Oh yeah, it is. Like you, you look at that. Uh, let's just let's just take a, a recent um, incident, I guess, the, of this type of giving back, where the NRL gave that twenty percent of players' wages back that they had to give up because of COVID. Mm. Now, the concept in and around what he's trying to achieve is to make such a big difference in the world. A small percentage of that could have made a difference. If it was mm. if it was funneled back through into a different area in life, I, there's so many good things to like about that. One, giving back and hitting the nail on. It's just not about money, you know. Like the mm. time and effort. Like time is capital, and if you've got the time, and I'm 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 massive on this myself. If you're what I don't see enough of of people who have been in high performance sport actually working with their own communities. And and just giving them some some support in and around, especially in the lower side of our society, getting them just a smile on their face. So this this conversation that I've had with Marcus, my head's going all over the place with it. There's one thing, but just so happy that finally people now who do want to give back actually have somewhere they can connect. And if we've got athletes or ex-athletes that are listening to the show this morning, contact Marcus. Do the, do the right thing and contact Marcus and see what there is out there that you can actually give back if it only is, like you said, to go and visit someone in your own community. Bang on, Kempe. 24 minutes past six, uh, 8 o'clock here this morning uh, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. If you're just tuning in and missed that, head to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, our podcast channel. It's one of the more, yeah, you're right, Izzy, warm and fuzzy chats we've had on the show, and hopefully this is what this feature can do. More than an athlete, every Thursday, 8 a.m., Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. Oh, yes, boy, it is. And I'll tell you what, we've made too much cash for Child Cancer Foundation and they're handicapping us. They're taking us off to the grass harness to make it fair on everybody else. Can you believe it? That's not going to stop us, though, because I reckon we've found one. Race 3, number 5, Michael Kane. Very encouraging second on debut. Can go one better on the grass at Methven. The only thing is about grass harness at this time of year is a little bit of water and it can get very sloppy out there in September. Race number three, number five on Sunday. So we're going to make you wait for this one. And again, we've just been absolutely filling the bank for Child Cancer Foundation along with hrnz.co.nz. If you want to go do the form on Michael Kane, you can go ahead there and watch its debut race where it was super impressive. So half past eight, race three, number five on Sunday at the Methven Grass Harness, back to the grass season, Michael Kane. After news with Aroha for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand, we'll catch up with Paulie Moati, tab.co.nz. They've got an exciting announcement, which we can get into, and also have a look at a couple of thoroughbred meets coming up. Still going to catch up with James Wood, free ski legend before the end of the show. We're busy on a Thursday here at SCNZ.
SENZ, we are 27 and a half away from 9 o'clock, heading over to Flushing Meadows at Queen's Arthur Ashe Stadium. Francis TFO is up advantage, 4-3 up in the third set. So essentially he's on his own serve. If he can win this game, he will then have one more service set to serve out straight sets victory. But Rublev is fighting tooth and nail here. He's just stopped that advantage. It's back to juice there. 4-3 in the third set. TAB.co.nz is where you go for all of your markets. And Pooley... Mwati. Louis. Any other promotions or upgrading you want to do this spring? Markets for every race on a Saturday open or a Wednesday? It's come over, you guys. Yeah, well, yeah, you've got plenty of opportunities now, Louis. Eh? Early bird gets the worm, and as you know, with the no deductions, no surprises, oh. um, you can you can bet with certainty that you're going to get the price at ticket. So there we go, Louis. Spring is here. Punters have never had more of a chance to win. I swear. It's it's incredible. It's so good. So I saw that come through yesterday, and I thought it was magic. So I had a look through, and I thought we'd better find something to talk about. So the best race that this applies to is actually the last, closing the quaddy at Hastings, I think, anyway. Rating 75 benchmark. Um, the market's open. You have got a stacked field here. Bellato, Boy, Red Inferno, Semper Magico, DB Zapower, Inserio, uh, Zaitaku, Don't Ask, hasn't lost a race yet. Mustang Valley was a huge wash after Tarapa. Outfit won her preparation back at $6.52.40. Estefania, so you can go and have a look. And it's a wide open race. And with the rain, you never know who comes out of it. So have a bet. The last at Hastings. I think it's a ripper, Paul. This is, this is great stuff. Exactly. And the bonus back blitz this Saturday is on the first four races from Rosehill and Flemington and the whole card from Hastings. Oh. So there oh. we go. Oh, <laughs> oh, dang <laughs> What's going on, the mate? Are you all right? Are you guys all right? <laughs> is it Christmas? Oh. Coming up. Yeah, it's not <sighs> far away, to be fair, Daggy. Is it yeah, Christmas for the Tasman? Is it Christmas for the Tasman punters last <laughs> night, Paulie? Yeah, it's about time that Wellington got a, a call go their way. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Come on here, butter us yeah. up. <laughs> hey, no Steve Walsh helping you out last night, boys. Oh, Walsh, don't bring Walsh up. Man, he's, he's had some hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Well, hey, Paulie, loveracing.nz is the home for everything thoroughbred racing. We know that. You can go catch all the form replays and analysis up there to have a bet at tab.co.nz. I've had a couple of bets early this week. I've already tipped out Cork, who I've had a bet on. I just think last start, way needed the run. It had been well, a long time between runs, and she was actually powering through the line and did her best work after the line. So on the quick backup, I think that's very clever. And Sans Duit, or Sandut, I don't know how to officially do the French name, in race seven, the Group 3 Gold Trail Stakes. This race is a good race every year. And Pacific Dragon is 380 into 330, but I just feel like she's at the well at the end of her preparation now. She's had tough runs on heavy tracks. 
She faltered at the last at Ruakaka and lickety split, just managed to nab her. And I think Sands Dute with Opie Bossen from Barrier 5 has all the upside in the world. The not a single doubt filly. She's trailed huge and heavy tracks at $3.80. I think she's a good bet. So there's another one for you, Paulie. Beauty. I don't mind La Creek in the t- you know, either $4 on La Creek. I know Imperatrice will be very, very hard to beat. Um, but I did like the way that uh, La Creek was galloping the other day. Looked very, very good. So $4 La Creek to win the Tarzino. Yeah, and she's come back big. She's physically mature. Katrina Alexander told us that she's mentally mature. You never really know until they hit race in their four-year-old year, but um, oh, it's going to be a massive tussle down this. I hope we get a dog fight. I hope she can go with Imperatrice and we get a, a sight for our money, Paulie. Well done, tab.co.nz. Download the TAB app today to hey get boys. involved. Guess who else is racing? A tissue? Yes. <laughs> Over at Rose Hill, just keep that one close to your heart. Uh, not, not gonna, not gonna tip her out, tip her out. But um, she's 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 coming back. Gosh, she had a nice wee spell on the paddock. Looking good. All right, okay. A tissue, a tissue. We all fall down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Louis. no, no. I haven't even had a look at that race, so she might be a chance. What's she paying? Twenty bucks. Fourteen bucks. Ah, oh, perfect. Fourteen bucks in the. Uh, it's about 250 yeah, t- uh, Fujitsu General uh, Group 2 Over there Colding, Ellsberg Ooh. Kiku Ooh. Mr. Mozart And Atishi So good horses in that race yeah, Good field uh, Looking forward to it though Man this is Super Saturday boys Tomorrow I'm going to try to pull something off And get you guys a big name out of Australia So we'll see how we go It is 22 now away from nine after this, James Wood, the big name down there at the Winter Games. Nearly nine o'clock when we backflip our way out of the studio, Kempe, but different sorts of backflips right now. Yeah, we caught up with the CEO of the Winter Games, Martin Toomey, last week to hear about how the return of the much-loved event was giving opportunities to all our young Kiwis and playing a major part in growing our snow sports game down here in Aotearoa. The flip side of growing the sport, though, is luring the world's best athletes here to compete in our conditions and stomp in our backyard. We've got a legendary English free skier, James Woodsy Wood, who has been a visitor down these ways plenty throughout the years. He's an ex-Games gold medalist and a world champ too, and he's back in Aotearoa with the Big Air and Park Jam events up this weekend. Morning, James. How are you, mate? Good morning. Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. Ooh, it sounds like you're enjoying the enjoying the old uh, the snow down there. Definitely wonderful to be back in New Zealand. Love it here. Um, yeah, excited about the weekend as well. It's big stuff. Oh, good man. You've competed. You've competed, mate, and had plenty of success at the Winter Games. What's the appeal of this event, though, down here in New Zealand? Well, I mean, first of all, obviously, you get to come to New Zealand, which is a big deal, and. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing place, you know, not just for the skiing. So it's always special to be here. But it's also the first event of the year. Uh, and that's a big deal, you know, sort of on the calendar. And as far as like teeing up the whole season is concerned, you know, it's always pretty, uh, everyone from around the world is pretty jealous of all the New Zealand guys like growing up, you know, they get two winters and they when they go away. And obviously that doesn't seem that appealing, you know, as far as the sun's concerned, but they're shredding year round. So, that's such a big deal. Um, Mate, you know, what's a great way to set yourself up for the season. What's the life of a, a slope shredder, mate? What's the life of a slope shredder like, mate? You travel around the world. Is it, is it, 
as good as it looks? I mean, it's amazing. Um, any opportunity to do what you want to do and, you know, that be sort of the job is, is the dream, right? Um, and I, I love this gig because it's exactly what I want to do and it's sort of, you know, when, when you can portray your sort of personality and, and what you love, like, through your sport, I, I think that that's just that's just the dream case scenario, and I'm lucky enough to be able to do that, you know. So that's what it looks we're like to me. Enough. Yeah, we're lucky enough to be able to witness it this weekend, mate. Big year. What are we expecting from the big woodsy? Have we got some new tricks up your sleeve? Backwards flips. What do you got for us, bud? Uh, plenty, plenty flips. Lots of new stuff. Like I say, it sets us up so well for the rest of the season. So I come down here. Uh, with an eye to do some of those new tricks for the for the first time at least this season and you know also the the rest of the world even people that aren't here have eyes on New Zealand um so it'll be like okay so who's on form this year you know so it's kind of a really good place to prove yourself um you know going going forward into the season with invitations for other events like coming up in the northern hemisphere winter as well so yeah it's definitely not a shy away event like lay it all out Hey, Woodsy, yeah, back in the day when you and uh, Jossie were duking it out, did you have an inkling that <laughs> New Zealand was about to be supercharged in this sport um, with Nico and, and Zoe Sadowski in it? Uh, honestly, like, it, 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 it felt that way. I, I've always felt like uh, coming down here to, to Wanaka, to New Zealand, has been um, my secret weapon, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've been coming for a long time and I've been like, well... Why is no one coming down for the second winter? You know, like I'm here shredding with all of these groms. Um, and obviously the first priority was to be shredding with Jossie. Um, you know, we've, we've been good friends for a long time. And obviously he's done incredible things in this space and has inspired so much of the up and coming crew in New Zealand. And I think that it, although it's amazing to see how, you know, kind of tiny little New Zealand is doing on the world stage, you know, with 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 so many superstars in across free ski and snowboard. Um, it's kind of in a way when I think about it, not surprising. Do, do you know what I mean? Because like, there's a huge amount of passion, there's a huge amount of opportunity, and kind of the way that New Zealand gets behind New Zealanders, um, in sport, at least, is in my experience, is just unbelievable. So, and because I know all these guys so personally, I'm like, well, of course they're doing so well because they are that talented. But maybe I just look at it from a strange perspective. <laughs> no, I love it. It's it's been a fascinating um, uh, thought. You know, like why are we having so much success? Little old New Zealand down here, and we go to the Olympic Winter Games and we get medals and we keep meddling. So, can have you, so what have you seen, like, have you noticed like the program that they're offering in New Zealand? Obviously we've got some, our backyard is just filled with some amazing slopes, but can, is there like one thing you can point at while we're having so much success? The program's amazing. There is, there is a lot of support. There's obviously a lot of inspiration that's come beforehand. I would say as well, mm. um, a key point, and it's, it's, you know, you guys will be proud of it, and it's, it's, I, I see that it's like a Kiwi you know, point of honor that, you know, you're kind of rough and ready and you're ready to rock. Like, you know, you're sort of not concerned about what maybe a perfect conditions day might be like. They're not the best conditions on the mountain. Like they're not world-class. They're not perfect. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's out here and everyone's sort of mucking in and getting it done. And I, and I feel like with all respect that that's the, 
Kiwi mentality, right? Like, you know, everyone's like up for it and the person that's complaining, you know, gets left behind, you, you, you know? So there's really no room for that in this like, uh, I don't know, culture, yeah, if, if you kind of can, if I can say that. Um, and I think that that goes a long way in, um, in, in the, in the free ski and snowboard division, you know, like the personality I'm up for it. I'll do it. You know, I, I'm not going to shy away because the conditions are off. I'm not going to shy away because I'm getting nervous. I'm fully ready to commit to, you know, X, Y, and Z. I, and that sort of mentality goes a long way in, in what we do. So I think that it's actually, when you break it down, not a surprise that New Zealand's doing so well because you need to be a bit, you know, if you're going to be dumb, you've got to be tough. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you, you, 100%. You're making perfect sense, Woodsy. Hey, mate, your voice, your voice is, like, made for the DJ decks or on the mic at somewhere. Is there a big rap party? Like, do you get up there? Or are you got any commentating gigs you got going on, mate? you got the greatest broadcasting, like, ski voice, I reckon. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that very much. I, I love free skiing and I love doing it myself. But if my second favorite thing is talking about it. So, yeah, any opportunity I get to get on a microphone and do some of the commentating gigs, I, I don't compete in the Superpipe anymore. So any opportunity, you know, that, that comes up a lot, the opportunity to commentate on the Superpipe. Um, and I, I was up there just at the sort of preliminary event at the Winter Games earlier or, or last week. Um, so I was commentating that, and I, I enjoy it a lot. So, so that that that's uh, that's a compliment come from you guys. So thank you. <laughs> hey, Woodsy, uh, I want to be talking more. Woodsy, just before we let you go, just give us a name, mate. I know that they chop you into probably the best waves down the south and definitely the best peaks. Are you are you allowed to share some secret a secret name with me? For what? What For, a secret name? Are you gonna? Are, has anyone chopped you into a slope somewhere that that no one knows about here in New Zealand? Oh yeah, loads. <laughs> they just say what they just like name definitely. it. Yeah. No, yeah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sure, there's tons. Right? That's that's the most of fun, right? You got to come yes. down. You got to find it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's James Woods joining us on SEN for breakfast this morning. Hey, James, thanks a lot for coming in, mate. Go hard. Yep, you did right. You. You got to be tough, um, and hope you pull off some some uh, some major, oh, some major freaky stuff when we're watching you guys down there in the in the South Island this uh, in this game. Me too, thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Woodsy. Oh. What a legend! I'm so glad we tracked him down. He's mate. That that guy has been all around the world, world champ. X Games gold medalist and still loves coming to New Zealand. You wonder why we're having so much success? Well, our reputation is sky high. Nice just stuff, Blitz. mongrel. Yeah. Determination. If, just, you have to in that game. You do a backward flip, bro. That goes wrong by that much. Mate, oh, well. I'm backward flip. They're doing like 18 plus like 300, <laughs> 360s. They're psychos. But oh, you got to be yeah. dumb. you got to be tough, as Woodsy put it. Seven away from nine. We'll be back with Ricardo and not too far. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.